welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I am Mike Byer. Here he comes. He's he's wandering around. Over here. Over here. And I am Len Foot. <laughs> and welcome to the program. He was not facing the camera when he said that. But over here. And now he turned around. Welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where the crowd is an kind of an older crowd tonight. <laughs> a little a little more adult than the crowd we normally have. Yeah. And that's a good and that's a good thing. That'll keep First us on sign our- of summer. First sign of yeah, summer. It really is. Crowd oh. is older, more refined. Yes. Kids are out in the yard. Oh, summer or out on the roads. Oh, no. <laughs> Shudder. <laughs> Graduation's over and they are. It's summertime. Oh, no. Monday night, when a, yesterday, driving to basketball, there's a million people out. Everybody was out. Yeah. So. We, were, we were downtown uh, uh, Thursday, Thursday night. It was a Thursday night. That was the graduation uh, ceremony, and it was packed. Thursday night. Yeah. Nuts. Summer is here in the big town. Yeah. And Mashwaters is six deep at the booth. Oh, yeah. Bar oh, tabs. Yeah. Bar tabs. I are had to have a discussion figures. with our potato distributor this morning. <laughs> Lengthy discussion. Uh oh. Yeah. Can't have these shortages. No, you, well, you just drop the name Franklin Sampson and all of a sudden your potatoes show up. <laughs> a uh, heavy hitter in the Orida and or you uh, ask about the other heavy hitter. Oh. You drop drop a morgue or oh, you don't want well, we don't even touch, we don't even say that name. It's un, it's implied. Mm-hmm. Franklin Sampson is the refined muscle, but mm-hmm. what's implied is the muscle behind it. Mm-hmm. I dropped the name Alex. See, I don't, I don't seem to get the same results. <laughs> Let's uh, tell our uh, listeners what they can expect from tonight's recap episode. <laughs> We're going to talk succession. We're going to talk our inventions bracket, which is now entering the home stretch. Yeah. We're going to talk. MLB uh, and the amazing Christopher Morell. We're going to talk the WNBA and the amazing Chicago sky. We're going to talk the NBA and the amazing Jimmy Butler and Jamal Murray and the unlikely, well, half unlikely NBA finals. That seems to be pretty imminent. I recommend where Len and I will enlighten you, the Jag Bags listener, on something that you didn't know you needed in your life. But after tonight, or this morning, or whenever you're listening, you will know that you need it. Rolling Stones, top 500 albums of all time. This week, I have a lengthy dissertation. and eh, not lengthy, but it'll be passionate. Just on one album. Passionate. And then Len's favorite 500 where he will name five albums off his own personal personally curated 
top 500 albums of all time and present them to you, the Lucky Jag Bags listeners. The Diamond listeners are all snug in their seats above us, looking down through the triple pane glass floor, uh, signs and placards at the ready. <laughs> I see a lot of Wade signs. James Wade, our hero. Oh, yeah. I see a lot of Morel signs. Morel, better than Sosa uh, signs. Yeah. Um, so let's get to it. Should we do inventions bracket first and then succession or the other uh, way? Let's do succession first because then we can do a spoiler thing. Like there you go. Okay. Fast forward. Very good. Okay. We're going to set the timer for 15 minutes. So anyone listening at home, go 15 minutes ahead and we'll be winding up succession. We do 15 or 10. Yeah. 15 is fine. 15 is good. Okay, starting, start uh, moving your clock ahead or start moving your timer ahead now. If you've all caught up on succession, here we go. All right. So uh, the next to last episode of succession aired last night, the funeral of Logan Roy. What were your thoughts on, and of course, as it is, the plot thickens, continues to thicken. What are your thoughts on any surprises or observations of the uh yeah of episode one i guess it was somewhat surprising that um karen culkin's character with all the power basically lost it crumbled because now he's online Using just playing his he's a mean breakdown at the funeral. Roman the hog. Ouch. Roman. I don't know why I always forget his character's name. Yeah. So now Kendall all of a sudden is bloodthirsty. <laughs> and he's gonna go for it. And Shiv has all her stuff going. Shiv is in the driver's seat. So my thought. And I watched it today. So, so did I. Fresh, fresh in my memory. Literally just finished it. And that's why I was late to the table. <laughs> just like, I'll just have to be late because gotta gotta finish this. Yeah. Uh, so does Mencken decide everything? And Mencken seems to be waffling. But does he is he the one in charge of everybody's fate in the final episode? Great question. If he blocks the deal, the, okay, so Kendall and Roman are in charge. Right. If he lets the deal go through, then Shiv has all the power. But it's interesting because it feels like I watched the preview of next week's finale, season finale, which will be the last episode ever of Succession. And it felt like it was like, going to go down to the board fight because they said, okay. Cause at, at the end, when Kendall walks up to Roman and says, yeah, even though you really effed us today, you, you really screwed this up. You idiot. Um, you know, I'm going to take, the, we get, we need to take this to the board and fight it there. Yeah. Are you with me? So and they do, I think they showed Matson getting mad about something. And they showed Matson getting mad about something briefly. So, but that might just be 
a red herring. They're kind of throwing it at you. Right. But maybe Matson gets what he wants. And I'm glad. I, I, it's what I said, though. It looks like Shiv and Tom are going to stay together. Yeah, that was a good scene. That was a good <laughs> scene at the end. And uh, I honestly, I'll say it again. Emmy for Karen Colton. He was tremendous. He he should get it. I, he really should. Absolutely tremendous uh, in that episode, acting wise. So good. Yeah, I mean, and she's great too. I'd be fine with both of them winning. I don't think this should be Jeremy Strong's year again. He's. Yeah, I like his character's change because he's gone from he's only letting his crazy side come out just a little bit. He's he really is like stepping forward as the guy. He seems much more stable. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like performance wise, his role's not as meaty as Karen Culkin's is this year. Yeah, his Karen Culkin had to play more emotions than. Jeremy Strong did. Strong is his character this year is stronger, no pun intended, but he's more gravitas, I feel. More see, you well, know, he hasn't had like devastating things happen to him. Right. Besides, I mean, <laughs> the one season where he killed accidentally killed a waiter. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's on drugs, all that other stuff. This year has been right? relatively calm for him. Exactly. Honestly, though, Greg made me laugh so hard this episode. Greg was fantastic. Every single thing he did made me laugh. First of all, just riding the bike and showing up like sweaty and moronic during the funeral. I was laughing. Yeah, he (laughs) gets a Divi bike, rides to the funeral, and then horning in on supposedly the president elect we don't know for sure ah, yeah hi greg yeah and then here comes connor and the way um the way matson looks at him he's like hey handsome <laughs> <laughs> and i just think about greg saying i drank things that weren't drinks <laughs> the episode before He's like, oh, I saw abominable things. Or they behaved abominably. So funny. Yeah, and the way he talks to the whole episode, everything about him, just he's such a ridiculous person. Ultimate weasel. He goes to Roman. Well, make uh I'll do it if you get me an introduction to Mencken. I'm just laughing so hard. It's just <laughs> complete, complete insanity. Total weasel. And then I actually got, I mean, switching completely. I actually got worried at the end because I'm like, is Roman going to get killed here? Yeah, that was. He uh, the barrier and all these people were like walking over him. Right. I got a little nervous. I'm like, are they going to kill him right here? Uh, Eileen was like. Oh, he's going to get photographed like it was with the protesters, like he was fighting them. But there's going to be pictures that show him in the crowd. And they're going to be like, Roman Roy was protesting. Further mucking up the works, but I don't think so. I think. I wonder if it's going to be like two hours because 
This one was an hour 20. It was long. Or maybe, no, it was like an hour 10 because then I watched it 10 minutes. Because I watch it on, I'm sorry, it's called Max starting tomorrow. Tomorrow on Max. I watch yes. it on Max. And then Max. I had like a 10 minute interview afterwards with the creator and a director. And, yeah, yeah. Which I always like. I like hearing what they have to say. If I'd so watched this, that, I, I wonder if been... they're going to make it an even longer one for the finale. Probably. This is it. Yeah. God, if I'd watched that tonight, I'd have been like, I'd still be watching it and just uh, logging on now. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it off. Turn it off now. Um, yeah. Those are great. I really like those as well. Did you watch the the Kara Swisher hosted podcast? Are you that type of succession fan? No, because... I mean, I mean, you listen to it though, right? Or is it? Uh, is it? Can you watch it? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I direct. I, mean, I have instructed Max to send viewers to Jagbags instead of Kara Swisher's right. uh, podcast. Um, right. So, and I, I think I mentioned her last week, but Sarah, my friend. Well, I haven't seen her in a million years. Sarah Barron, who I worked with a million years ago. Mm. And she, I told you last week, she had two of the guys from Succession on her podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. And she, she's getting a lot of, it's her and her husband. And they're getting a lot of praise for their podcast. That's awesome. So they're That'll doing real well, real, real well with it. Yeah. She's a stand-up comedian too. And she, um, she's written a couple of humor books. Oh, right. But did she write Lane Call? I don't think so. I don't think she wrote Lane Call. <laughs> oh, you mean that? that story about the health and beauty store? <laughs> Alex uh, was fired by the Sun-Times after <laughs> writing that. Thought he had a job. They said he was just there for these... one day. Yeah. Just write up these plot synopses. Really easy. Just uh, get your feet wet. And, uh, yeah. The next thing I, you know, I he's I writing about health and as... beauty. I spotted an Alex mistake immediately. <laughs> <laughs> texted you once I saw that. Uh he couldn't be found. He was uh, told me he was busy at an offsite. <laughs> Still cool though. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Um so who do you think wins at the end? Who do you think is going to come out on top? Or will they get together? Well, if they're trying to fool you with Matson being mad, if they're just trying to trick you into thinking Roman and Kendall. Kendall. Why can't I think of their names anymore? Roman and Kendall are going to win. Then I think Shiv wins. Could be. I'm excited to see what. Uh, I mean, honestly, she's the most competent of those three. She is. But Kendall seems to be doing things. The way I like Kendall's arc is that he seems to be seizing the moment and you think he's going to F it up, but he comes through magnificently. The whole living plus speech when Roman says, yeah, I'm not joining you. You're an idiot and I'm not going to get up on stage. And he nails it. And then after Roman breaks down and can't deliver the eulogy, he's got to get up there and kind of try and rescue it. And he's, yeah. And he, and he does it again. 
and he's consolidating. He's like saying to Hugo, the PR guy, Hugo, the PR guy is my favorite because he is such a, he's another Fisher, Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens is incredible. He's he always played him. a weasel back in when he first started as an actor. I don't know if it was the eighties or nineties. He's got that weasel kind of look. Yeah. And, uh, he was, yes. I remember he was on an episode of Friends where he basically <laughs> just insulted all of them. <laughs> told them what all their weaknesses were. <laughs> I think he went out with Michelle Pfeiffer, if I remember correctly. I think so, too. Yeah. He's yeah, so he's forever. trying to connect with Hugo, and he's trying to connect with his dad's old limo driver, right? The big guy? Right, isn't that, right. Isn't that, that guy. So, so that makes he's me... trying to get some information from him. And that makes me think oh, that could happen. That could happen. Yeah. It makes me think like he's settling into his father's role as, as the King. But you know what? The third option could be Matson gets the sale and then breaks it all up and none of them have anything. That would be amazing. That might happen. I that would be that great. Thing. That would be incredible. Yeah. Um, if you're watching this or if you're listening and you're a succession watcher, tell us if you're team Shiv or team Kendall Roman and, um, or team Matson, or here's another twist, Beef. Matson gets the deal. And instead of having Shiv, he makes Greg, whatever that position is, <laughs> it's, you never know. That would be the Greg has been stumbling upward the whole this entire yeah yeah. entire run of the show. If Greg was the ultimate winner, that would be incredible. And Matson likes him now, right? Yeah, he's such a (laughs) Greg in charge. Who in life? Who are you in life? As you go through life, and you're in work or life situations, you're like, yes, I am this person because I am Greg. <laughs> there can you're be no Greg. doubt that I am. You're, Greg. Not, you're not Greg. <laughs> well, I'm not weaselly, but I'm like, I've got that. Uh, how, wh- what the hell is this guy doing here? How is he, he is squirting lemon juice into my eye? <laughs> I got the other um, super quick. My uh, brother, my sister-in-law, um, love succession. My brother, Matt, cannot stand the show. He thinks they're all terrible people. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It makes him angry. I can see, but, that. I can see you not watching because of that. And I've I, had my moments, and we've talked about it on the podcast where I don't want... I'm like, all right, it's the same show still. It's the same plot. Yeah. Right. They've kind of avoided that this year. It's it's better this year. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's... I don't think it's a all-time great yeah, but I'm enjoying this season. Absolutely enjoying it. Yeah, I laugh a lot, and I can. I think we've had this discussion as to whether Succession is a comedy or a kind of tragedy or drama. And I don't uh, think it's a comedy. We've said we talked about that. I don't we've talked about this. I think there's funny moments, but if it was just like this parody this comedy you would not feel the way you did with these performances I, the the acting is super solid and i agree with you on kieran culkin his breakdown at the 
eulogy was great stuff. I think every episode he's been great this year. Great acting. Basically turning into Satan the episode before. Yep. And then this week he's like a little kid again. It's just a lot. He's shown a lot of depth. Agreed. Okay, the timer has gone off. So if you're followed our instructions, you're back. <laughs> and um, America's number 490,000th favorite succession discussion podcast. Excuse me, it's 489,000th. Uh, we oh, are not. I'm sorry. We are. We are we're oh, Ron, 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 Ron just scolded me. Yeah, sorry, Ron. Ron, Ron, Ron is like, come on, come on, yeah. bud. Um. Okay, season finale next week. Can't wait. Yep. All right, real quick. The inventions bracket. Thought, <laughs> thoughts on the, because we're like at the Elite Eight. Is that Elite Eight? Yep. Yep. And it's kind of the. It feels old, weird voting. I, I post it and then I vote. <laughs> it does feel weird to watch, see your votes. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> It's not, it's not his bracket. I did like complaining about clocks, but now <laughs> clocks lost. So <laughs> clocks finally lost. I think it's an interesting uh, group of voters. And I like our friend Wayne, who is the Wayne Steger, who is head of the pol- political science department at DePaul. The, uh, the college professor is now weighing in. I like that teachers are voting. There's Bolo, who never votes. He's voting on this one. No, he votes a good amount now. Does Bolo? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, f- I feel like the last four or five, he's voted a lot. He's been in there? Yeah. Turnus, also a teacher. Yeah, yeah. Smart people voting on it. Um, and also so me. The, really, the crown jewel of this voting pool. <laughs> Is uh, your involved? Is this why you made this bracket just so I would vote? We, I, we, the, I think that Facebook wants to know your thoughts mm-hmm. on great subjects, on weighty yeah. subjects. How does Len feel about the tampon? Um, is it a better invention than the automobile? And um, I like that you you got all your feedback from you got Jesse involved and Eileen. Did Dexlin have any suggestions? Uh, none that made the cut. Um, yeah. you know, he was like the tank. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. yeah, I was like, uh, eh. there you are a few that I, you did make one huge blunder. What was that? Fax, fax machine. That was a blunder. Marlena pointed that out. I fully, ad- I fully admit that. Yeah. That should have been a one seed. It really should have been a one. <laughs> A one seat. It would have done very well, too. Yeah, might have won. It probably would have rocked, to be honest. Yeah, it, it might have. Maybe it's better that it got left off because it might have skewed the voting a little. For because sure. everyone would have been like fax machine. Who knows? I can come up with sixty-four new inventions. I, I think this is a one-time thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. Um, it's, look. It's- well, two two other quick things. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win out of the eight? I was going about. I was just about to ask you that same question. I got I to gotta refresh. Let me see who's it's, left. It's automobile versus the tampon. 
Mm-hmm. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, light bulb versus trains. Are you surprised trains has made it this far? I I feel like trains is, I mean, airplane, yes. Car, yes. Trains, I like trains, but I, I'm more likely to vote for something else than trains. Mm-hmm. Uh, airplane versus the television. That's a good one. That is a good one. That is a good matchup. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who's winning on that one. Um, although it's, uh, it looks like pretty neck and neck as I'm, as I'm scrolling down. Right now it's, I think it's nine to six. Airplane. Yeah. So, but we got a whole until tomorrow morning. Right. Those those late returns from the West Coast may tip it. Um, yeah. And then the last one is internet versus birth control. Yeah. Low voter turnout for that one. Um, so um, anyway, uh, it'll be. I, uh, I think there we have some people who are reading into it too deeply and get frustrated. <laughs> and then there are people that are just having fun with it. Yeah. And then there's, you know, also people are just real passionate about one thing and they're going to keep voting for that one. Yeah. They want to see it win. Yeah. It's the greatest invention of all time. So who do you see winning? I think it's going to be the internet. Yeah. That's my, that's what I think is. I'm going to say, Boy, that's going to be my. I'm going airplane. Internet or no, no, no. Well, yeah, I'm going to go airplane. You're you're going with airplane. But I think for me, I would. Oh, actually, light bulb's doing pretty well. Light bulb's what I I would pick. It could be light bulb. I think is important. Very. It could be the internet versus light bulb. In the finals, is that a, a mathematical possibility? I seem to recall. Um, let's see that it's that it's a, a yeah, a it could be, but ability. birth control is a lot of people. Oh, for it. right, right, you voted for it. Let's see, one, two, four to one, four to two, five to two. It's it's beating the internet right now. Oh my gosh, it's yeah, that's an important one. Could be birth control against light bulb in the final. That's um, that'll be that'll be a good one. I hope there's I hope the turnout's good. I think people are having fun. Yeah, yeah. I think the people who are voting. Yeah, yeah. Well, something, something different. Stay tuned. What's the bracket after inventions? What's the next one? And it's also that? our next podcast, which is what musical act ruled the nineties? No, oh, this will be controversial and uh passionate yeah people will get people people will get really uh, worked up i think over that one and it's much harder yeah than the 70s and the 80s because it's more, more diverse um i feel like there's more to choose from um just in yeah, terms you of have grunge was huge yep yeah that's probably wraps 
first big decade. Hip hop, right? And then you have these huge pop stars. Yep. And alternative guys too. Alternative scene was huge. And then you have these like mega country artists. I mean, I don't, you probably don't have any in your bracket. I don't because they don't come guys off. like guys like I don't Garth. Think 90, I don't think country had crossed over enough then. Does Garth Brooks? I, was... I looked at best selling artists and I looked at best artists. Mm. Looked at a bunch of different lists and no country people were on there except not for even... Shania Twain. That's about it. Not even Garth Brooks. Oh. That's interesting. That. That's interesting. I th- I, I don't oh, know anything Garth, about it. Maybe Garth Brooks. I didn't see him on best selling though. All right. Anyway, was he bigger in the eighties and the nineties? I thought he was a nineties guy. What do I know? Maybe you're right. I don't know any Garth. I, I know exactly one Garth Brooks song. So I'm I'm the wrong guy to ask. You know what? Friends in high places. That's the one. <laughs> That is but he was huge though. Gigantic. I'll have to find a spot for him. He played the Super Bowl. Garth Brooks is the first country or the first major star that's like he's playing like a huge he played the Super Bowl at halftime. And I was like, I don't know a single song by this guy. That's crazy. How did I not how did he not come up on any of the lists that I had? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Okay, I'm putting him in. Wonder how he'd do. It doesn't matter. Hootie and the Blowfish is going to win the whole thing. I mean, yeah, this whole sure. thing is just an exercise to to recognize. Crown Hootie now. To crown Hootie. Yeah. Um, and I called her name. And she's not answering. So, um, should uh, anything else on the inventions bracket, or should we? move on to sports no, yeah i think that's good All let right. me find a room for garth brooks <laughs> well, i'm thinking about it um while len is looking let's let's start with the WNBA. should we just get right to the good news in chicago sports let's do that yeah uh chicago sky came has come roaring out of the gate Mm-hmm. With uh, wins over Minnesota, a nice win over Minnesota, and then spoiling Brittany Griner's home debut. Griner had an excellent game, but uh, Copper was also on fire, and the Sky beat Phoenix to make them 2-0. and And so uh, life without Sloot is off to a great start. Um, and Wade is now just hanging out outside my window now with just a very smug and satisfied look on his face. As if to say, I know what you're... <laughs> For those of you not listening, James Wade uh, keeps tabs on me after some hurtful comments I made last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets a window, out, he gets a ladder right outside my window and he's just... Peeps in now he's like an old friend. I bring him food. Um, yeah, like he likes the he likes my pasta, uh, my meatball <laughs> pasta. And uh, but Wade has these guys playing hard and they're looking good. I, I said this before the season ended that people were overlooking this guy. Mm-hmm. I think this guy are probably fifth best team in the league. Probably in. Uh, they were getting 
you know what? I got a pause beat. Okay. This Derby's like. Derby. Uh, so good week for this guy. Two and zero. What are your thoughts on the games? Yeah, first game. So there are two teams that are rated ahead of the sky. Minnesota, which I didn't really get why they would be rated higher. They lost their best player yeah. for retirement. Right. So I didn't get that. So I was not surprised that the sky beat them. And your friend James Wade. <laughs> he is my friend. He picked up Elizabeth Williams. And I, I looked at her stats today. And her stats past couple of years weren't that good. Mm-hmm. But she looks like a good player. I mean, it's she only played two well. games, But yeah. she's played really well both games. The opener, she was blocking shots, making baskets in the paint. She played right. really well. And then uh, game two, she's going up against Griner, but she's you know she did what she could. She made a big deflection at the end of the game that preserved the win. Right. And I think I think Wade's a good GM. And what I kept. As I get more and more knowledge on the WNBA, one thing I was reading about, we talked about expansion a couple of weeks ago, I think, because all those people went to that game in Toronto. Yeah. And I think Wade realizes there's tons of talent out there and there's not a lot of teams. So if you're paying attention, you could find somebody. Absolutely. Pretty good. that got cut. And I think that's, and plus he, he coaches in these, European leagues. Right. So he sees some of these players play real well. And then for whatever reason, they don't get on a roster and he goes, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get that player on my team. He's the Spolstra of the right. WNBA. Finds, yeah. these, finds these players and develops them and play the sky away. Yeah. Like Rebecca Gardner, who was yep. all rookie last year. I love watching her play. Yeah. She's super quick, really good on defense. They're encouraging her to shoot more. She didn't have a good shooting game yesterday, mm-hmm. but she is a good three-point shooter, so she needs to keep putting them up. And Courtney Williams was our best player yesterday. And I was actually a little worried about her because she was on Connecticut last year, and Connecticut made the championship. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Aces. So I'm like, oh, good, we have her. She's she's seems to be a pretty good player. Yeah. But game one... First half, she looked pretty winded. I'm like, why is she so winded? This is game one. Right. Like, is she not in shape? But then yeah. yesterday, she made all of, she made a lot of big plays. Yeah. She was passing the ball real well. She hit a couple of big shots. And that's exactly what you need when you've lost all these leaders like Candace Parker and Sloot and uh, Allie Quigley. So, yeah, and I predicted five, they'd win their first five games. I might be being a little optimistic because I guess the Mystics are pretty good, and that's their next game. That's Friday. Yeah, that's their next game. So that might be that might be a little tough, but the other two games are winnable. So they could be off to a really good start. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, one, two other people. He signed Morgan Birch. To be a front court player, she seems to be pretty decent too. And then Dana Evans, she was coming off the bench in game one, but Mabry, who's the starter, hurt her ankle. 
And so Evans played big minutes yesterday and she had a huge bank shot. That was one of the big fourth quarter plays too. So it was good to see her play well. Because I think it's probably hard for her because she probably thought, all right, uh, Vandersoo left, so I'm going to be the starter now. But right. she's not. Yeah. But uh, now she, she stopped up yesterday. And <laughs> and Tarasi, who's – she's like 41. Yeah, amazing. Just trying to win the game by herself and missing threes. Yeah. Like, throw it in – why are you doing this? Throw it in the grinder. We can't cover her. Griner had Griner had a great game. Points, yeah. And then Tarasi kept throwing up threes. Right. I think if they would have kept just throwing in the and we had people in foul trouble. Williams was in foul trouble. Copper was in foul trouble. Gardner was. I don't know why they went away from that. It was a close game. You didn't need threes. And Tracy has been doing it all her life. She always thinks she can do it. Yeah. I mean, she's considered the best player in history. But that's kind of your MO now, still on the Queen's courts. So we have to talk to you about that. <laughs> the last two <laughs> the last two times at basketball, I played every game because it's impressive. Yesterday we only had 10 and it was warm in the gym. So we had Ooh. we took little breaks, like five minute breaks, and we played another game. So we played four straight. And then last Thursday. I just happened to be the one who I won a couple. And then if I lost, I happened to make the free throw or or somebody wanted to sit out. So I played five in a row. <laughs> so my old man body is kind of talking to me today. <laughs> hey, it's just telling you to um, telling you just to hit the, uh, you know, the, uh, the training room, get those, uh, get those, uh, just rub a little dirt on your muscles and you'll be fine. I forget though sometimes. I'm like, oh, that's why I'm. <laughs> that's why my ankle hurts, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're playing against somebody in the post a lot, and you're getting banged, and you're boxing out, and you're setting picks and everything. That that takes its toll on you, and you don't really feel it until the adrenaline's off. Anyways, I know yes. everyone's dying to hear more about my basketball adventures. <laughs> but we, a couple other things. America, de- America demands it. <laughs> America's Here. number one. Len Foot playing at Queens basketball podcast. <laughs> Here, hold on a second. Hold on. So for the Two. WNBA, I'll be talking more about other teams a little bit this year too. Yeah. So the, checking in on two super teams. The Aces played one game, and they I think they won by forty-one. Yeah, I saw that. Opener. They've only played once. They didn't even have their coach, and they still won. Yeah. And then the Liberty, which is Vandersloot Ooh. and Jones and Sabrina Ionescu, mm-hmm. lost their first game, surprisingly. Right. But then I think I think it was, was it yesterday? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Brianna Stewart scored 45 points in three quarters. <laughs> Crazy. Sat out the fourth. She could have scored like 60 points. She could have gotten 60 points. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. Not just the sky, who I'm rooting for. Oh, I didn't even talk about Copper. This is what I'll say about Copper. Very quick, and she can shoot. But the one thing she does way too much is 
drives to the basket and is not aware of how many defenders are near her. Right. She gets her shot blocked too much. I think her next step as a player is realizing those situations and either backing off of it mm-hmm. or realizing, okay, all the attention's on me. Somebody's wide open. Somebody's wide open. Make that's the correct her, that's play. her next step. She needs yeah. to be an efficient passer. It'll open up. It'll make her shots so much easier. Because... And I'm not trying to just be down on her because she did play well overall. Mm-hmm. But I think she's your best player. Realize that you're going to get the most attention. You got good players around you. Get them the ball too. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Because yeah. you make the game easier for your teammates, and they and then it's contagious. Um, yeah, and, but spread it around. But overall, just a great start. And our friend yeah. James Wade, so far, great job GMing and coaching. Wade could be on his way to becoming a Chicago legend. Maybe. Uh, yeah, if they surprise everybody this year, we'll see. Yeah, can't get off to a better start. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Mystics, that should be a good one, and that's on Wednesday. Friday, I think. No, oh, I Friday. think Friday. Friday. Yeah, they Long usually time. Have days off in between games. Long time between. in between games. They'll play like a couple, like in they'll play two and four days, and then they'll be off for a few, and then they'll play a couple more. Right. Right. Um, should we do anything else on the WNBA? No, that's it. That's not for now. Okay. Should we move to the NBA? Yes. Uh are you surprised? by what's happening in both conference finals. Uh, I was hopeful that the Nuggets would do this. Because you feel like the Nuggets are a lot better than them. Yeah. But that didn't mean it was going to happen. Right. And, oh, Denver's winning now. (laughs) I mean, well, I was going for the sweep. During the break, we had a little break uh, to locate a missing member of the studio audience. And, um... During that break, I was I saw that LeBron played the entire first half and scored 31 points. Oh my and, gosh. And people were saying there's no way he could keep this up. No. Just he's gonna run out of steam. And you don't that, play a 38-year-old guy 24 minutes. That's what looks like it's that's what looks like is happening. Yeah. Um yeah, I he, um he still has 31. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight minutes into the third quarter. Yikes. Yeah, he, he, they probably had to wheel him into that. What he's doing at age 38 is, it's incredible. It's, it's in his 20th season is incredible. No, yeah, yeah, no argument there. Just a ma- and he had a major foot injury too. Mm-hmm. Um, that they were very closely monitoring. They thought it was really serious. I think he came back a little bit early. So anyway, mm-hmm. look at me defending LeBron. I can't help it. I should be like reveling in it, but I'm, there's a part of me that still involuntarily defends him. Um, Jokic has a triple double already. Yeah. And Murray has 20. You knew that once Murray was back to full strength. Oh my gosh. But that, this good? That the Nuggets, well, Murray was pretty great during uh, the bubble. He he was, but he scored 23 points in one quarter. Did you expect that? He's that's, capable. That's I, I, would, I do. 23 is a ton of points. 
I, he's capable. He's a, he, when he gets on fire, it's like, good Lord. It's like yeah. nothing, nothing that, uh, no shot he can't miss. I don't know. Um, I do. I am surprised that Reeves continues to play well. I got to give yeah. him credit. Yeah. You keep thinking, nah, he's not going to, but he's, he's been consistently good for them. You know what? He's quick. He's very quick. He doesn't, he doesn't seem like he would be though. <laughs> right. Like, and but he makes the right play all the time. He does. And he's able to, the one thing I like about his game is that he can hit that mid range where he kind of gets into the lane. Yep. He gets past his guy. He gets into the lane and then those shots are automatic. Yeah. Instead or of, he'll make the right drive into the basket and get in your shot block, just pull up and hit a 10 footer. Yeah, yeah, he does do that. It's really so well. simple. We see this. Why don't others? You know, I text. Well, um, me and you are very smart. So this, this is true. This is true. I remember that. At my basketball camps for NBA players, I go over this all the time. Uh, Beeves basketball camps uh, for NBA guys looking to take their game to the next level. Um, uh, I've not gotten any attendance at these camps, but <laughs> if I did. That'd be the first thing that I would that I would teach. Um, maybe maybe some of the Celtics will sign up after this series. Oh, all right, let's talk about that. I mean, I was. Were you shocked at Game Three as I was? I thought the Celtics would. I thought no, that was going to be a really close game. Once you're down two zero, your confidence is. I mean, they lost their first two at home after yes. yeah playing pretty well. Hmm. So I think mentally, once bad things happen, it just gets worse. And so I'm not that shocked by game three, definitely shocked by the first two. Were you surprised? I was not surprised. Were you surprised that Grant Williams started like jawing at, at Jimmy Butler of all people? <laughs> I couldn't believe he was doing that. I didn't see it when it happened because I don't think I saw that game, but that's not smart. No, I was like, I was a, I was like, I love this so much, and I know Butler loved it. Um, the best player in the playoffs. Yeah. No. no. Because Butler loves it. He's a blue collar guy. He he loves to do that all the time, and you know, I mean, I I think he would love it if more people would challenge him. Ninety nine percent of the league is smart enough not to uh, poke the bear. Yeah. Grant Grant Williams, God bless him. He's like, oh, f you. And I was like, oh, Grant. <laughs> oh, did you learn nothing from Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think here's a question. So the Celtics, every year they get so close. They're right there. Starting in 2018, going all the way back to that Cavs Celtics. Eastern Conference Finals. Tatum and Brown, those guys were young and they pushed. I mean, LeBron had to be superhuman in that series just to get past them. So every year they are right there and they just can't get it done. Do you do you stick with it? They're still young guys. Maybe some tinkering. Well, here obviously. There, or do you blow it up? Well, Brown, nah, you got to make some changes. I don't think you blow it up. I, I agree. Brown's been disappointing in this series. Yeah. I don't think you trade them. And, so, and I think it's early to give up on, on Tatum and the coach, the coach did great. Tatum played insanely well the last series. My God. Yes. So what you got to look at is what went wrong in this one. Is it just 
the Heat's defense. And if yeah. he gets these unknown guys, unbelievable. Like Vincent, unbelievable. And who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Another Martin. good defender, Martin. Martin. Do you remember? Guys have been gigantic. Do you remember Caleb Martin from the uh, Loyola? Uh, yeah. Final mm-hmm. Four run with his twin yeah. brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder lost. what. What I wonder what happened to the twin brother because I was like, this I think he's be around. Cody. I think he's, they're both, I think he's in the league still. Is he? Cody but Martin? he just doesn't play. I'll have yeah. to check with my staff because the Cavs could use him. And, uh, and then Duncan Robinson has been glued to the bench, is forced to play with Hero out. And then yesterday he made all his shots. Like him and Martin, uh, him and Vincent were unconscious. He also was not drafted, right? Robinson? I don't think so. I don't think so. But he was really good for a couple of years. And then he just started playing poorly. So they, they buried him on the bench. Right. And he has a big contract. And now he's kind of working his way back in because he's starting to play well again. Sure yeah. Uh, Cody Martin is on the Charlotte Hornets. There you go. Yeah. Both Martin's still in the league. Well, incredible. Caleb Martin is probably angling for a big contract now the way he's playing oh i'll say and then okay and then just think about jimmy butler i was thinking about this the other night here are the i and i looked it up here are some just some notable players that were drafted ahead of jimmy butler in the 2011 nba draft these guys were all taken Kyrie Irving was the first pick of the draft. Second pick, Derek Williams, Minnesota. Third pick, Ennis Cantor. Now he's Ennis Freedom. Tristan Thompson was the fourth pick. The, the Cavs could have had Jimmy Butler. They took Tristan Thompson. Yeah, the Bulls could have had Jim. Wait a minute. They did have Jimmy Butler. Oh, they got rid of him for Zach Levine. And that was a... <laughs> Sorry, and Chris Dunn. Excuse me. I'm And Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn's back. Chris Dunn yeah. played. I forgot what team he's on, but he he played fairly well at the end of the year. They also got the rights. He to... had a lot of injury issues. I like Dunn. Yeah, Dunn was a good defender. He just, again, I think he he had a lot of injury issues the past three years or so. Yeah, I was trying to get back to back. it. Yeah, but incredible. Butler was the thirtieth pick in the draft. So many players drafted ahead. Well, of I don't him. think he was. A superstar in college by any means mm-hmm. he was pretty good and obviously good enough to get drafted but nobody was thinking jimmy butler is going to be this good yeah what were your thoughts on him his first two years of the bulls because my memory of butler those first two years was this was thibs and gar packs everyone saying this guy's going to be great jimmy butler oh he's so good yeah. he does everything I, well i had a jimmy butler shirt no. So I was in on him. I remember those first two seasons, like, I don't see it, but my... I feel like maybe he cla- he clashed with people because he is an ultra competitor. And, and he's I think, not going to not say what he thinks to people. Right. Maybe somebody in the Bulls didn't like that. I also think Thibs doesn't like rookies. and Yeah. Play. Mm-hmm. But again, he was... I liked him enough to get a shirt, so he... Yeah, you liked him. I have Everyone a picture did. of Darby wearing a Jimmy Butler shirt when she was really little. 
I, I faxed him and said, listen, it's not going to happen for you, Jimmy. And he said, oh, is that right, Beef? You know what? <laughs> so you're responsible for this. He said, you're not even worth my getting a ladder and hanging outside your window. Like, others. <laughs> I, I, I got better things to do. Yeah. Um, I heard, I heard Sloot sent you a nice message saying, <laughs> I will not be on the ladder this year. I'm off to New York. I want to be a part of it. I heard a great Jimmy Butler story, and I want to tell it very quickly. Um, it was while he was with Minnesota, and he was clashing with everybody there because he wanted a new contract. And he held out all of the preseason and didn't even show up, was like, I want I want to get my contract reworked. And then uh, Jeff Teague, remember Jeff Teague? Yeah. Um, so Teague was telling the story. One day, Butler just shows up at practice, no contract, uh, nothing, just shows up. And, and he's getting ready like he's going to play. And so they're like, Jimmy Butler's in the building. And pretty soon, like, management is down there. And Thibs is like, all right, well, let's, you know, run a normal practice. Jimmy, are you in practice? He's like, yes. He's like, all right, Jimmy, you practice with the first team. And Butler said, no, I want to go with the reserves. I'm with the, I'm with the, I'm with the G league and the B guys. And so it was Jimmy Butler and a bunch of reserves. Jeff Teague said he played like towns and me and all these starters. And he said, and Jimmy Butler was destroying us. <laughs> he was. And every time he made a basket or made a great play, because G the GM of Minnesota and maybe some people in upper management were watching every time he made a basket or made a great play, he would shout, pay me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. Jeff Teague said, I've never seen anything like that before or since. Yeah. Um, uh, and what I I'm, think about. I'm rooting for him. What I think about Butler is I, I want Denver to win. Only because Butler's on the heat and the heat have won many championships. Right. Right. It'd be good. Yeah. It, would, it would be good at the Nuggets. But what I. The thing about Butler that makes him a great playoff player is he is probably in better shape than everybody. <laughs> it's because true. His workouts are supposed to be insane. He's one they're of those like, guys. They're unbelievable. Guys yeah. who's like up at four in the morning working out. And he can go, he can go and go and go. Yeah. And no, nobody can keep he up does, with him. He does, he does not stop. And he's, again, he's a insane competitor, but he's like the right. He, he also is a team player though. Like yesterday he didn't score at any point. Mm-hmm. But he knew these other guys are hot, which is how you should play. It is. That's how everybody should play. And his defense is always so, his defense is always so underappreciated, but Butler's defense is also just terrific. Yeah. Anyway, so if it's Heat Denver, you're rooting for Denver, but who do you think would win? I'm picking Denver, but with. Oh, with a lot it's of hard res- to pick against the heat. A lot of reservations. Oh, they're done. And then it's just incredible. Take care of business every time. Incredible. You didn't think I didn't think they were gonna win their first who I don't even remember who they played in the first round. Was it Atlanta? Milwaukee. Oh Milwaukee. So they beat the one seed. Yeah. To be fair, Giannis was hurt. Who did they play after that? The Knicks. The Knicks. I thought the Knicks would beat them. And then the Celtics, I didn't think they were going to win any of those. Yeah. Amazing. An amazing run. Really is. 
Yeah. And with Tyler Hero out too, a major guy out. Yeah. And so, it's again another bubble comparison where he basically willed them to the finals, but then they lost to the Lakers. So this year it might be the same thing where they get there, but the Nuggets are too much fun. I think Denver is I thought the Lakers would put much up much more of a fight than they have. And I think that's just because Nuggets the Nuggets are better. They're just better. Anyway. Um, yeah, the Nuggets Nuggets have two great players mm-hmm. and two fantastic athletes. Gordon mm-hmm. and Porter and Porter can shoot real well too. And then Bruce Brown and Bruce Brown's been playing amazing. He's like their guy who lights them up off the bench. Yeah. He's, he's been huge for them. Really has. Yeah. So. And the little white guy, Christian uh, Brown, I like him. Yeah. He hasn't done much against the Lakers, but yeah, he's, he's what I keep seeing is <laughs> When a guy's real athletic, there's something like what I call like a twitch thing. Yeah, yeah. There's something about their muscles that are springy. Like, yeah, they bounce. They bounce. Some guy yeah. played with us. He never played with us before last Thursday, and he was like that. I'm like that. <laughs> all right, let's move on to I recommend. Before we get last thing, all right, what which geeky white guy do you like better? Brown, uh, Christian Brown for Denver or Cody Zeller with this face mask balding for uh, Miami? I like Cody Zeller. I do too. Every time he's in the game, I'm like, yes, he's my yeah. favorite. Mm-hmm. I want him to mm-hmm. score a basket. I root for him. I'm like, just give it to Cody. Well, I don't consider Braun like a geeky white guy. He's an athlete. He's a great athlete, but he looks Zeller's like Zeller's like a. I mean, Zeller's a, not not a bad player. He's another guy who's been hurt a lot. They're uh, first of all, they're in the NBA. They're amazing athletes. So yeah, let's yeah. just put that aside. Just looks wise. Right, right, right. They both look pretty geeky. <laughs> um, anyway. Here come the faxes. I know. Yeah, I know. You know, you do know that he played for Cody Zeller played for Indiana, which is very close to us. Yeah, he, Zeller's a fine player. The faxes are going to be. Oh boy! Everyone in Indiana who listens to us is going to be faxing us. <laughs> All our Indiana listeners are going to be like, yeah. And podcast signal comes strong in Bloomington. That Northwestern Wildcat, those 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 uh, terrible Wildcat fans with their so smarmy superior ways. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Yes, we need to, or you're going to have to get a new fax machine. I will. Should we do MLB quick? Oh, we didn't do baseball yet. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot to say. All right, Morel, hooray! Morel, amazing, great that. Suzuki's hitting now. Suzuki's hitting well. good. Yep. But overall, the Cubs are destroying me. <sighs> they, um, can't, they can't get hits. Same thing. It's every week. That's why I don't want to say much. No yeah. hits with runners in scoring position and no bullpens. Right. Well, I don't have much good to say about the Guardians either because, well, they, even though they beat the Sox tonight, so that oh, was they good. Did. I was just going to ask about that. What's What's their record compared to the Sox? Uh, they're 20, the guardians are 21 and 25. They had the, they, they got swept by the Mets. They had the lead in all three games in the eighth and lost all three games, including they were up four in the ninth and Klaze gave up a game tying grand slam. Those are things that will devastate a team. Yeah. Um, Not looking good for our teams this year. Really, really awful. 
Uh, I know that the Guardians are 21 and 25, but I'm not sure that the Sox are. So I am 21 and 26 for the Guardians, 19. Oh, yeah, the Sox are really bad, 19 and 30. The sad they thing a is, a couple more games, a couple more games than the Guardians. The sad so thing about is that four games behind them. Yeah, three games. So they were two games back before the Guardians won tonight. Our good friend Carrie Sullivan, who's a stepdaughter, I believe, lives in Cleveland, um, got engaged. And so they, Carrie and her husband, Mark, uh, good friends of the factory, Carrie used to run the factory, drove to Cleveland because of this engagement. And they went to the, they were at the game tonight in Cleveland. Oh, nice. And she sent me, she goes, here I am at the game. And it was her with like a bunch of empty seats in front of her and behind. And I was like, well, duh, that is the, that is Cleveland baseball that I remember as a child <laughs> sitting in the old stadium. Nobody there. Anyway. So good job, Sully bringing home the win, but yeah. Um, well, hopefully things improve. Um, yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of decisions need to be made, but maybe we'll get more into that next week. Okay. Sorry, MLB. We'll give you more love next week, especially as the once the playoffs, uh, and it'll be WNBA and MLB. Because yeah, we are a, almost done with NBA. Because we are a hockey-free zone here at Jagbags. No postseason discussions. Um. I don't think I could name all the hockey teams because there's so many. I'm like, what? That's a team. So please stop sending me Nashville Predators t-shirts. I could not tell you a single player on the Vegas Golden Knights who are playing for the Stanley Cup. No idea. Um, okay. Should we move on to I recommend? Yes. My I recommend is a book called Dreaming the Beatles by Rob Sheffield, who is a prominent writer, critic for Rolling Stone. And he wrote a book, just he's basically, the Beatles are his favorite band, and he just geeks out over them. And uh, and I just finished his book. It's called Dreaming the Beatles. And... As you know, if you're a regular Jagbags listener, we've talked about the Beatles uh, a lot on and on the basketball court a lot. Well, I mean, that's how we made our name on the basketball court. Oh yeah, those Beatles guys, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, so <laughs> so uh, and our most recent podcast, which I think was like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, who's better, the Beatles or the Stones? Yeah. So we've also talked about the the Get Back documentary directed by Peter Jackson. We've done a documentary on uh, the solo Beatles, the music of uh, the Beatles and their solo careers. And then we've done our favorite Beatles albums. I think that was our second ever yeah. podcast of Jag Bags. That was back in our young days when we were wild, <laughs> when we were fixtures on the party circuit. And oh, yeah. Ran with... Uh, in the middle of, of the pandemic, we were on the party circuit. <laughs> some of Chicago's top underground socialites. Uh, <laughs> we were Len, hanging out with... Len and I. Where those guys from the Indians that got in trouble? <laughs> with Plezak and Clevenger, yep. Yeah. And uh, anyway, catching COVID. Yeah. 
Anyway, I, first of all, a couple of things. One, the book is incredibly well-written and he makes a lot of great points. A lot of things that I, he has a lot of like insights into the psychology of the guys of the, of the four band members, as well as like the major players around them. Um, he has a lot of really cool things that I didn't know um, or things I didn't realize and should have known. He has a great essay and each chapter is just a little, it's a mini essay. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them I'm like, eh, you're reaching here, you know, no um, others. So I would say it's hit or miss. Uh, but when it's on, it's really, really, really good. Uh, especially like when he talks about the pecking order, what he believes is a pecking order. Um, he gets a lot into their solo careers. He has a very poignant chapter. It's really about Lennon and how he existed without McCartney right after the Beatles breakup. And how he wouldn't tour and Elton John had to coax him into coming on stage with him at Madison square garden. Mm-hmm. And he went on for Elton John. And then a month later, George Harrison, George himself was coming through on his uh, tour and said, Oh, you played for Elton. You want to come and join me? And John's like, eh, no, <laughs> George must've been like, son of a, I'm gonna- <laughs> I, next time I see you, I'm going to boot you. Um, but uh, it was very poignant how they get up there and it's his first uh, concert appearance in how long. And he plays a McCartney song. He doesn't, he doesn't play one of his songs. He plays and dedicates it to McCartney, um, which I did not know. Um, he played, I saw her standing there. Um, and you can't see it. There's no, you, you can just, I looked it up on YouTube and you can just, it's an, it's an audio clip. Um, but that chapter is very well written. Um, he, some of the stuff on the get back sessions is it's interesting because he, it was written before the Peter Jackson documentary. So he writes a lot about how they hated each other and they fought all the time, which we now see is not true. So that was interesting as well. Um, I, recommend it i think that the beatles fans will enjoy it um and it's got me listening to the white album again as well as uh, let it be and also although um he the main things i didn't like is he's down on venus and mars so i'm like you you are wrong that's a great album <laughs> venus and mars is amazing so just, I love venus you, and mars. you are wrong Mm-hmm. Uh, he also loves Milk and Honey which I'm like no that's not one of the best Beatles solo albums no it's not um, I like a couple songs in there so do I but I'm it, no way is it better than um, Imagine just no. sorry no yeah. so also he talks about the Smiths. maybe they told him to do some hot takes you could you may have also, he talks about the Smiths way too much. Just, you know, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's like Morrissey and Johnny Marr. I'm like, no, it's not. Stop talking about the Smiths. <laughs> so anyway, but Dreaming the Beatles. A lot by going Rob. on with you while you're reading this, Pete. 
<laughs> Cue the reading montage of me going boom, 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 and then like go wrong and then listening to songs and back reading again. Anyway, uh, Dreaming the Beatles by Rob Sheffield. My, <laughs> I have two albums for my I recommends. Okay. The first is I actually looked for this too to see if I had recommended it. I don't think I have. Mm-hmm. It's the new Boy Genius album. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I actually have heard this. Yeah, it's really good. I like it. Tell it's them who called Boy Genius the is. album. Yeah. Phoebe Super Rivers, cool. Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus. Yep. And now, we talked. Why do we talk about them before? Uh, my daughter, frequent podcast guest, Jesse Byer, huge boy genius fan. Yeah. And, uh, I know I Lucy like, Backus's album, I don't know if it was last year. I think it was last year. I liked her album a lot. Right. I thought we talked about them recently for some reason. We may have. Was it the fact that they, um, don't like being called a super group? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is that That's why Jesse, I was looking back because I was like, I thought we talked about them. But. Jesse's like, don't call them a super group. They're not a super group. They don't like it. I said, they're a super group. That's, <laughs> that's what they are. Well, yeah. I mean, they have three people with major their own stars. following. I don't know if they're major. I, I think Phoebe Bridgers is, I don't even know if you call her a major star. She's like, um on the rise i would say sure sure she could they're get all, much they're all really talented and my favorite song on it is 20 dollars hmm. uh it's i like how it feels like it feels like a coherent album like there's a specific sound that they have and i, I think it's got i'll be listening to it a few more times i think it's got a It'll it'll probably make my top ten in the year. I am uh, sending a fax right now upstairs to Jesse to find out her favorite song on the on the album. Oh, okay, all right. My other one, this was I listened to just out of curiosity, and this came out last year. And it's <clears throat> Rita Wilson. You know, who Rita Wilson is Tom Hanks's wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm actress but she's also a singer i guess i did not know this so this album is her doing duets with a bunch of people interesting and i really liked it and I, the song selection is really good and the people mm-hmm. she does these songs with it's like they got big hitters mm. it's called now and forever we talked about bread i don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago so she does if with Tim McGraw. Mm. She does the Springsteen song Fire with like Elvis song. Costello. Wow. Really good. Really good. Wow. And uh, uh, Where is the Love with Smokey Robinson. How old is Smokey Robinson? He's up there. He's like 80s, I think. Has to be. He just released an album. Smokey Robinson. Listened to it. I listened to it. I'm going to listen to it a couple more times before I have a strong opinion on it, but it has the unfortunate title of Gasms. Ooh. And the song Gasms is almost embarrassing. 
but there's at least one song I like on it a lot, but I'll, I'll listen to it again before I talk about it more. Mm, but this is a good, this is a good version too. Where's the love? And I then, love that song. Uh, Van Morrison's crazy love. She does with Keith Urban. Wow. And Fleetwood Mac's songbird. Another great song. With, uh, Josh Groban. That's great. Josh. So Groban. I was very surprised by it. Because I'm like, I want to give us a listen. I want to see how she is. And she, I don't know if it's because Tom Hanks knew all these guys or yeah. whatever. They got this great bunch of performers to, to do this album with her. And I really enjoyed it. Smokey Robinson is 83 years old. 83, yeah. Good for him. God bless That's him. That's another reason why. Uh, Smokey, maybe you don't have a song called Gasms. Well, I don't, I, that's not a word. I just looked that up in the dictionary and I don't see that. So I'm not sure what that means. So. Well, we'll talk off podcast about it, Beef. Oh, okay. Yeah. So gasms. Yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. Look yeah. forward to that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm having Ron Ron draw some, he's going to get some slides and oh, he'll, slides. he'll be, yeah, he'll be stopping by. Oh, visual aids, great! Yeah, yeah. Ron yeah. Ron stop uh, by. We know you need those visual aids, so I do better. Do better with yeah. pictures than yeah. words. Struggle yeah. vowels yeah. sometimes. Yeah, trip me up. Yep. It's hard. It's hard. Um, okay. Anything else for I recommend? No, uh, but I'm excited about this impassioned Rolling Stone Top 500 you're doing. We're gonna get right to it right now, mm-hmm. and you know what's gonna come through is passion. Um, first of all, we're going to, we're going to build to the passion. Um, and, uh, and we're going to start with album 134 and that is the Fugees. The album is called the score, uh, with the, I have, can I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh yeah. There's, there's two that I think are in contention for your impassioned list. Okay. Well, we'll I guess if, I'll find out. We'll see if you're right. Yeah. Uh, the Fugees, uh, we've talked about this before in my disdain for Lauren Hill. And, and so this, this is unbelievable. She's touring this summer. I know. Uh, what? I'm protesting the tour. I'm walking around. Um, uh, Guys, you know, who make fun of me of Haim, you know, about Haim. If you, if you really want to, you know, up up your game a little bit, maybe start making some Lauren Hill jokes. Because um, I think I've gone on record quite a bit. Um, <laughs> although Haim is more fun. Uh, yeah, this is not a top 500 album. It's not even close. Um, I love and, it. I, I, I know a lot of people do. I don't, I don't know if it's come up yet on mine. I think it did. Yeah, I think it did. The score? Yeah. Oh, I thought you just did her solo album. No, I think I did both, like within a couple of weeks of each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't see it. Um, 133. I don't know how to pronounce this Joni Mitchell album, but it's Hegira? Hegira? Yeah, maybe. 1975. I only know Blue and The Hissing of Summer Lawns. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't familiar with uh, 
Hedgira, uh, outstanding record. I'm beg- I'm becoming a huge Joni Mitchell fan in my old age. I've had kind of the same reaction when I was going through them. That yeah, these are pretty good. Yeah, because my I just knew her hits basically, and then a few other ones. Right. Me too. I only, I honestly I only knew Blue for the longest time, and uh, no, I didn't know any of her albums. Oh really? I just knew the well-known ones, and maybe maybe a couple of deep cuts, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's one of those like I would say she's the top artist that I have come to in the last few years, like basically since the pandemic, that I've really like gravitated to the most. Where I was like, I didn't know anything about you. And now that I've really started to like get into music, I'm an idiot. Well, Corey Hart is weeping right now because he was hoping to get that spot. <laughs> Maybe when I'm in my sixties, Corey. Uh I'll uh I'll I'll get there. The Canadian plenty of time. are coming in. Canadian and from Indiana. Boy, this is tough. Yeah. This is tough. Uh album one thirty two. Hank Williams, 40 Greatest Hits. I, to me, the, the great Hank Williams movie has not yet been made, but I read um, a book by Colin Escott um, about Hank Williams, and there's no denying his impact. I mean, pretty much everyone and their mother has covered a Hank Williams song. Um, Nora Jones did a great, version of like cold cold heart yeah that is good yeah and i mean you can just from uh elvis to jerry Lee, i mean everyone is uh ray charles everyone is on a hank williams song he's a great songwriter um but this uh book was really terrific just in his life and um someone will make a great hank williams story movie but um my favorite story is how basically on the night he died, he was on his way to a concert and he got into the back of a car with some guy driving him and died in the back seat. At like they, they estimated the time of death at like not long after New Year's Day. So like 1230. And the guy drove all night to get him to the show, the New Year's Day show and like pulled up and yeah, he was dead. Wow. And so the guy had to go through life. Like I was driving with a dead body in my car for wow. five, six hours. Oh, and it was the biggest star in country music. And um, yeah, that's just one of many just wild stories about him. Um, yeah. Colorful, colorful life. And uh, the first modern day kind of like pop music tragedy, or like early death. Um, Cause I think he was only, 29 when he died mm-hmm. um so i'm looking forward to the hank williams movie oh the good wow. hank williams movie and i think we should have that over the remake of white men can't jump which looks like the worst movie of all time <laughs> <laughs> and uh i let's see a hank williams biopic come on we well, can i am writing a movie called beef's twitch factor the amazing athlete that is Mike Meyer. So that is coming soon. I have my I was going to surprise you, but you brought it up tonight. I have so. my thoughts that Jack Harlow would play, be a great Mike Meyer. He'd be a Who? great beef. 
Jack cool. Harlow. Oh, Jack Harlow. Yeah. I don't think it's a good call to have him be in another basketball movie. It's great for his career. That quick. He's doing Kawhi Leonard commercials. White men can't jump. It's where he's going. No, we're going to go with someone else. Oh, oh that, it seems like that decision has been made. <laughs> that was very. We're way uh, ahead of you, Beef. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, well, now I'm in suspense. We're filming. We're actually starting filming tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow? These guys move quick. Yeah. All right. Now that <laughs> I'm totally now that I'm totally in suspense, yeah. uh, let's let's move on to album one thirty one. Nicholas Holt is playing you, if you know who he is. <laughs> the English actor Nicholas Holt and exceptional baseline jumper. <laughs> I did not know that about him. He's a hooper. Yeah. Oh, he's got a great baseline jumper. So we're like, yeah, you'll you'll play beef. Baseline jumper isn't really kind of my game. No, I really like anyway. We'll uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll nitpick. You later. might not be allowed on set, it's a small group. <laughs> all these, all these conditions. Um, I don't think I've even seen Franklin Sampson's gonna look into this. This whole thing seems shady. Nicholas Holt is a hot actor, beef. So <laughs> we're trying to make the set a closed one for him. So he can he focus. Must, just to he preserve the, on the Twitch factor, just to preserve the artistic integrity of the Twitch factor. I get it. Right. I get yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Album one thirty one. Uh, <laughs> Ordis Head. The album is called Dummy. Here's another group that I don't get. Uh, well, this whole trip hop thing. I think I call it snooze hop, mm-hmm. uh, or music to go to sleep by. Um, I just. I just, I'm just like, this is the most boring. I, I, I get it. I suppose if you, you know what? I need to give this a chance on headphones because maybe I might like it more. Yeah. And maybe if I took LSD, I also might enjoy it. Um, but I'm too old. I'm too old for LSD. I know. Len is like, please, Beave, no more LSD. We all remember the incident of 2013. No one wants to yeah. go back. No one wants to go back to those dark days. No, Irving and Ashland will never be the same. It really won't. No. Yeah, that was dark times. Yeah. Popeye still will not allow you in there. <laughs> no, I I uh, I followed Declan in one time. They're like, ah, get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, there look, there are no purple monsters in here. Now out. Anyway. <laughs> Here's is speaking of purple. Do you, do you know what? Well, hold on one sec. Baby. Oh, okay. I need Ron Ron to splice my clips with what you say about these albums because I don't even remember what I thought of this. Ha, 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 ha. I don't so remember. Long. I don't remember. I don't think I hated it. I feel like I remember it if I hate it or love it. So it must have been somewhere in between. Mm. I'm trying. I'm moving quickly. I think I could really wrap this up if I did 10 albums at a time, but. I think everyone's head You're getting there, though. You're really exploding. We're yeah. uh, we really are getting there. Here's the yeah. album that's the passion. Yeah, speaking, that's speaking, what I thought. Speaking of purple, mm-hmm. uh, the album is 1999, and by Prince. And this is the record that really made him a star. Um, he was like fairly well known, but. 1999 is where he had the big hits. The title track, Little Red Corvette, Delirious. Um, 
really kind of like he figured out his whole rock funk sound. We have a we've done a podcast on Prince with our good friend Kirk Pinchon, internationally known Prince expert. I call him Pinchon, but Len likes to call him Pinchon, which is weird. And um, <laughs> but hey, it's our podcast, and you know, darn it, we can do what we want. God's sakes. <laughs> our podcast, our rules. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this album suffers. 1999 suffers from double album disease. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, you could have cut couple of songs out of there or um you know kind of rework them there's a live version of something in the water does not compute um which there's some bootleg of like his first tour with the revolution and they do an incredible version of something in the water does not compute and i'm like oh can we put that on prince 1999 instead of the studio version but um and uh, international lover, I think, falls a little flat. And um, and I I will say I hated all the critics loved you in New York when it first came out. Now the more I listen to it, the more that I it really grows on me. Um, and free at the end of side one or side two, if it, if it's uh, the on the vinyl, free is like it's all right. Um. The ballads kind of fall flat here, but those three hits, then let's pretend we're married. Uh, DMSR, which to me, when we saw him at the, at the United center, DMSR was by far one of the highlights of the show. Awesome. Um, Lady cab driver. Um, these are all great, great, great. I think that if you got rid of those songs that I mentioned that I don't particularly like and just had the ones that the, 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 the obviously the tracks that are better, they're obviously better. Okay. Obviously. You uh, said it was in passion. So, okay. Yeah. So obvious. Yeah. This is a top 75 album for sure. And with the, songs included i still think this is a top 100 album of all time where do you rank it in the prince canon i rank it below purple rain below sign of the times so sign of the times doesn't have double album itis sign of the times is a masterpiece from beginning to end and rolling stone ripped that album i didn't rip it but they were like what's he doing you know mm-hmm. he's fooling around here go for it you know he's making these like little they just didn't get it um i remember that review because i was like wow that was the first time i was like rolling stone does not know everything i am uh 17 years old and uh, <laughs> um i don't agree with that one bit i well we could get into this i i prefer 1999 to parade and around the world in the day. Uh, I like Dirty Mind better. 
Um, I like it better than the Batman soundtracker. I, I put it top five Prince. Top five Prince albums. And it's a top 100 album. And if they cut out some of the dead weight, it could be top 75, maybe even top 50. It's awesome. And I think that the hits got overplayed. So, you know, I kind of got sick of them. I don't think they got overplayed as much as some of his other ones. True. I don't think because, well, 1999. But 1999, I feel like you don't hear as much nowadays. It's true. Back then you heard it a lot. You never hear Delirious anymore. Never hear Delirious. Little Red Corvette, I thought, got overplayed. Yeah. Little Red Corvette, though, I don't think I ever got tired of. Love that song. Anyway, uh, those are my Rolling Stone top 500 reviews. Getting there. Really getting there. Really getting there. I want to take a quick look here. What will I do? One. What will I do when this is over? 129. (laughs) <laughs> I'll take a, I think I'll take a vacation. So by the end of the summer, we'll be in single digits. Unbelievable. Yeah. We're getting a lot of applause from the Diamond listeners right now. Thank you, Diamond listeners. Which is good as they prepare for yet another... Um, I have all the CDs again, so it's another drought for Underwood. <laughs> Underwood is... He's been faxing me like, is Len... Not like, ooh, look at that. Look at the Rick Springfield. Look at it. Look at it. Look at, look so at the this Rick one Springfield. Is called we Are the 80s. <laughs> and I guess it came out in 2006. It's just a collection. Yes. There's another one called Playlist, but this is the one I have. So this is why I picked this. Uh-huh. Although this one is Missing Souls, which is a song I really like. You know that one? Two yeah. Souls uh, no, no, I don't think so. Each no. other. It was it was a hit, not like a big hit, but it was a hit. I'm picking up my baby tonight, though. Daddy's making trouble. It'll be all right. I'm working hard. I don't know why. I'm like a working class dog, and I just get by. Tonight, I'm coming out from in it. You know <laughs> that we're living on the brink, second by second, by minute, by minute. <laughs> And of course, is love is all right tonight. And Beave was on top of that one. Unbelievable jam. I had that 45. I, I picked that one because his big album was Working Class Dog. So I, I had that album. I, I had that I on cassette. Yeah. And I, I don't think people realize how big he was. Huge. Nowadays, you, you ask someone who's, let's say, 20 years younger than us, they're just going to go Jesse's girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. He had a bunch of hits. He had tons of hits. Don't Cele- don't you know what's one I like? One of his dance. final hits. Celebrate Youth. I don't remember that one. Because, you know, when I heard it, I heard it. I think I was listening to our, our friend Casey Kasem. He is our the friend. Casey was, our, was our friend, yes. I used to listen to the Top 40 once in a while, and that song came out. I'm like, this song rules. And I think yeah. I might have had it on a 45, maybe. And of course, State of the Heart, Human Great Touch. song. Great song. I've done everything for you. Jam. Don't talk to strangers. Uh, okay. Feeling. Don't talk to strangers? I thought it was okay. Affair of the Heart. Jam. I've done everything for you. Jam. Love somebody. 
which Jam. made into a terrible movie. Movie yes. that got I never saw it, but it got the worst reviews. I remember going, "Oh my!" They <laughs> just destroyed him. <laughs> what? What, but, what was it? Yeah, his... I mean, Jesse's Girl's number one hit. Jesse's Girl. Don't talk to strangers. That song was number two on the charts for a month. So I think because one. that was the first single from his follow-up album to Working Class Dog called Success Hasn't Spoiled Me Yet. Yeah, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. And so the first single, I think I just had overinflated expectations for it. And I just thought it was just okay. Well, I, I, I like it. I think it's good. That's my... I think... I think if I listen to it again, I'd be like, oh, I like it. I think his reputation would be bigger if it wasn't for a couple things. One... Soap opera star. He's a soap opera star. Well, people didn't take him seriously, even though he's really talented. Mm-hmm. He actually had a hit called Speak to the Sky. Do you know that? No. It was like, a, it was on a KTEL hits I had. And it was like way before this. It was like early yeah. 70s, I think. And I remember going, is that the same Rick Springfield who's saying Speak to the Sky? <laughs> and then the other thing is, that 80s sound is so overproduced, I think. Yeah. But these are good songs, though. These are good songs. But I feel like his reputation would have been better if he was just a musician and if the production was toned down a little bit. I think he should have stayed a rocker. Yeah. Kind of like Eddie Money. You know, Eddie Money, I think, stayed a rocker. I, th- I think he was better about staying away from that overproduction that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He might have, but I like. I pretty much like every song in here, so I'm not really complaining. I have a question for you: Is the song Bruce on there? No, it's not. I love that song. They call me Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. so it's missing a couple. Soul, let's go listen to Soul's beat. That's a good song. Mr. Springsteen, you're the finest man. He called me Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. I said what? Love that song. Yeah, bop till you drop down here. That song's pretty ridiculous. Ridiculous. Bop till you drop. That's a great song. <laughs> but the lyrics are ridiculous. They are. They are. Bop till you drop in the heart of the city beef. It's no <laughs> hot child in the city, is what I'm saying. Uh, nothing is. You know, not that to be fair. But we'll get to that eventually. Yes. Probably at number three or something. <laughs> My next one is. Yes. Boy, you're on the greatest hits roll. Wait, I see greatest hits. The spinners. I, it's the sp- oh, please. But you need the very best of the spinners. The very best of the spinners. Because it's got the early hit on here. It's a shame. And it's also got their last few hits from 1980. Mm-hmm. It's this a shame. Okay. Written by, written by. It's a shame. Do you know who wrote that song? No. I happen to know this, and I don't know why. I just, but look at it. Look it up. But I'm 99.9 percent sure that song was written by Stevie Wonder. Uh-huh. Almost, I'm almost. I'd, I'd bet money. Yeah, a lot of their hits were written by Tom Bell, I think. Yeah. He right. really got them, got them going once they started singing his stuff. Spinners rule. And okay, so anyway. This is our fork in the road. Love's last episode. There's nowhere to go. Oh, no, you made your choice. Now it's up to me to bow out gracefully. Though you hold the key, but baby, whenever you call me, I'll be there. 
I'll be around. I'll be around. When I had this song on uh, the KTEL album, I believe it was Hitline. Um, <laughs> this song was on there, and the skip was always, You made your choice. Your choice. Yeah, you always remember your where choice. the skips were. <laughs> that, was, that was where the skip was. I had to go and change yeah. it. You're right, Beef. Stevie Wonder, Syrita Wright, and Lee Garrett wrote it. I love It's a Shame. Syrita Wright, I always think of her because she sang With You and Born Again with Billy Preston, which was a huge hit. And was and she married to Stevie Wonder? I think so. I think so. I think she was. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Spinners had nothing but hits. Nothing they, but hits. But they were like the OJs. It took them a long time to finally get going. Mm-hmm. They had like a minor hit. And then they had It's a Shame. But they didn't really start taking off until what was their big one? I think I'll Be Around was their first big one. And then they had their number one with Deanne Warwick. Then came you. Um, and then they had like a little gap. So from 70, I think it was from like 70 to 76, they had a lot of hits. And then I don't know if they took a little break or something, but then they hmm. had Working My Way Back to You. Jam. Cupid in 1980. Another jam. And it's funny. I feel, I feel like a ton of these songs, just the memories come about them. There's, um, could it be I'm falling in love? And then came to you and one of a kind of love affair. To me, always remind me of summer. Yep. Like hearing them in our family car. Yeah. Or even a little later when my sister, finally, my sister's six years older than me, when she started driving. Right. And she loves me playing music and just, those songs just sound great. And it's kind of like, especially games people play, which That's I love that song. song. I love that song. That reminds me like, so like seventies kind of summer in the city, you know, you're yeah. down, you know, you're, yeah. there's lots of people walking around and you know, you're having ice cream. It's like, yeah, total summer song. I agree with you. They really are. And it's, just to name some other ones that are on here. A be great summer fun. day is a great way to, to, Think about their music. Rubber Band Man, which reminds me of Jack Kachukas because <laughs> we were in somebody's car once and Rubber Band Man, Rubber Band Man comes out and he just starts shaking me and going, Rubber Band Man. <laughs> I think I thought he was going to throw me out of the car. Oh boy. Rocking, rocking the spinner, out so hard. The too. spinners do that to you. The rubber spinners Band Man. Make you shake cars and. And they're still touring, Beef. They're still Amazing. touring, these guys. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, really enjoyed listening to that. This one, <laughs> I'm not sure what you're going to think of this one. Here we go. This is Incredibad by Lonely Island. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that, Beef? I only know what's the. What's the one song by Lonely Island? Uh, Dick in the Box. <laughs> you don't even know. You don't know uh, Chronicles of Narnia. I don't. Oh well, you don't watch. I guess you don't watch SNL enough. I'm really not a. I'm one of those guys that you know all the SNL fans hate because I'm. If there, if there's a funny skit, I'll see it. If there's a funny sketch, I'll see it on the. You know, I'll see it online. 
and um, I always give it anyway. No, I'm not. <laughs> Except well, taking a box. Yes. When I was in Harvard, I smoked <laughs> weed every day. I smoked weed every day. I cheated every test and snorted all the yay. I got a deaf posse and you got a bunch of dudes. I sit down on your face and take a shit. <laughs> that is from Natalie's rap. Natalie's rap. Natalie Portman. And when I saw that on Saturday Night Live, I laughed for like 20 minutes. And every once in a while, I'll still pull it up because it's so funny. And Natalie's rap. <laughs> Natalie's rap. And then jizz in my pants. What? Very funny. I'm on a boat. Lazy Sunday was pretty big, Beat. I'm surprised you didn't know that one. That's Andy Samberg and Chris Parnell just basically talking about how excited they are to go see Chronicles of Narnia. And they're getting Mr. Pibb. Oh, and, that's why you like it. And licorice and <laughs> red vines, actually. That's that's <laughs> crazy now delicious. See. Now we see. <laughs> And then like a boss. And it got pretty good reviews. Yeah. Number 13 on the charts. And three were parodies of specific rap songs. And I just laugh at it. Everything. Yeah. There's one called Space Space Olympics, too, that cracks me up. Where it's like to... Olympics are set in space, Pete. <laughs> but they, <laughs> they tell people... We're not paying for anything extra, so keep your ass out of the mini bar. <laughs> keep your ass. See, <laughs> it's it. I love it. I think it was my favorite. I mean, I like all of these, but this was my favorite one to do this week. It's good to have comedy albums on. Uh... Well, I this one's musical because if I just did albums, I'd have Steve Martin. I'd have Let's Get Small in here. I'd have right. Um, Wild and crazy guy in here because I listen to those two nonstop. Right. I don't know about any. Remember when Jason was on? He was pulling out the vinyl. Comedy yes. Albums yes. Is there one like what would you have? Is there any you would have if you did this? Oh, I would have. Um, I would have. Let's get small. Mm-hmm. There are um, a couple of Richard Pryor albums that I would have. Um, there's a couple of George Carlin. Place for my stuff. Um, hilarious. And um, Bill Cosby, I mean, I hate to say it, but himself, I laughed from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm really going to, have you ever heard any of like, um, I go on to Spot or Spotify or Apple Music and just pull up Red Fox and yeah. hear uh, some of his early stuff. It's all like wordplay. Yeah. It's all, and he just takes a word uh, like ass <laughs> and, uh, you know, and says, uh, you know, the, um, but he's talking about it like it's a, a donkey. And, uh, but then uses it as, as a double entendre. And it's so stupid, but I laugh so hard. And he doesn't even sound like Red Fox because he's a younger guy. Yeah. And, um, it's clever. It's good. It's funny as hell. So mm. I laugh very hard at some of Red Fox mm. early comedy albums. Uh, Bob Newhart. What, what's the one? 
it's it's yeah, the, the button down mind about yeah yeah that's hilarious his most, that's his most famous one hilarious yeah those are the ones that come to mind okay all right all right we'll move on to number 327 which is please super unknown by soundgarden not a bad cut on that record but there is for me whatever i feared has come to life and whatsoever i fought off because my life became my life just when every day seemed to greet me with a smile sunspots have faded now i'm doing time now i'm doing time because i fell on black days come on that's my that's my first song on the album jam but what song don't you like black hole sun what why because that one is just too much for me. That one is too, just, it's too it's long. Sluggish and I mean, this is a dark album, anyways. Uh huh. You just want to go. Okay, you have fell on black days. You have the day I tried to live. You have like suicide. We don't need Black Hole Sun, also. Oh, so you would rather have like a remake of um, Rubber Band Man. If, if only uh, Soundgarden. Oh, yeah. If had you done slipped in that in there, a remake of games people play, <laughs> we'd have. Uh, it's too but depressing. I just, it's just too depressing, Chris. I don't like it's like this. It's just too hits you over the head too much. It's too sluggish. Mm-hmm. To me, the music isn't good. And we know, I guess, that we know what's going on in this album. A lot of heavy stuff. Sure. Super unknown. But it's yeah, super unknown's a great song. Great song. It's just uh this would probably be up higher if it wasn't for Black Hole Sun, because that's an automatic skip for I think Sluggish and Black Hole Sun was inescapable for a long time. So not only do I not like it, I had to hear it all the time. It was a little overplayed. But it was yeah. a total jam. What was the song? Or not the song. Soundgarden's next album after I think it was like, I forget the name of, but sluggish is a great word for Soundgarden's follow up to um, Super Unknown. I can't think of the name of it. Down on the upside or up on the downside or something. Anyway. Yeah, down on the upside. I thought that was sluggish. Sluggish is a great word for that particular record. But so they're, they're kind of skirting the edge on super unknown but i felt for the most part oh, super unknown is really good yeah they were Just able to one, escape that one yeah. caveat right yeah. right okay but yeah good one jams um denver beat the lakers i saw <laughs> and did you see yeah. that aaron gordon block lebron's shot at the end of the game at the buzzer the end comes for everyone yeah it's uh it's tough i gotta watch that all right, last one. I heard the screaming. This talk about the nineties. Yes, I saw these guys. The Smithereens. Eleven. This was eighty nine beef. When did I see them at Taste of Chicago? Well, I mean, it could have been late eighty nine, and then it was off that 90. album. Yeah, because I think it was like a billion degrees in Grant Park, and they did a girl like you, and it was it was awesome. It was. Oh, the great crowd. I was like, these guys rule. And that's a great record. It is great. 
I'd lie crying on the top of my bed. I was wondering about the life you led. I would cry for you and call out your name. Now you say no one's to blame, but William Wilson, William Wilson, William Wilson, William Wilson, let him run wild. Whoa, 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 whoa. They just I listened to this album a ton. That talk and about like a lot of these albums, be I have I probably haven't listened to this in a long time. Yeah, I haven't listened to that in a while either. Like, I know all of these songs. Yeah, I like all of these songs. And Girl Like You, that was their only top 40 hit. Jam. And I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, This song is great. Why isn't this album in Rolling Stones? Yeah, why isn't this album Rolling Stones top 500? I feel like were they like an XRT band? Totally. I don't think they were mainstream. They were just yeah, girl like you right. happened to bust out for them. But right. for the most because only a memory was a song I knew pretty well. And that's on their pre album before this. Another great was, album. But I think that was an XRT. Yeah, that's one I'm somewhat familiar with. But this one had it on cassette nonstop. Yeah. Played it. Uh I like Blues Before and After, Yesterday Girl. Blue period. Uh, this was their third album. Belinda Carlisle sings background on one of the songs. Mm. But I like I like everything on here. Yeah. Yeah. Another one I was very happy to revisit. One listen to again and two still like it as much. The uh it was uh especially for you. That is the that's the one that the the one before eleven. Mm -hmm. I like that it was named after the Spinal Tap bit. <laughs> it's awesome. But they also they said something else about it too. It's also I forgot what the other reason was besides the Spinal Tap thing. They had two reasons for it. Mm. I'd have to look though. But that's it. I'm getting that's what was that number three twenty six. My favorite cut on. Uh, on was was a girl like you, but then I also really liked Blue Period. Yeah, it's it's all good. It's all good. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. They should have been bigger. Yeah, they really should have. Really, really like the Smithereens. Yeah. Good choices. Yeah. Good records. Yeah, really fun one. Really, really fun lessons this week. Really appropriate for the summer. Good ones. Yeah. All right. We've come to the end of yet another successful recap episode. The tears of the diamond listeners are, <laughs> are flowing again because it's time for us to say goodbye. But uh, please follow us on, um, on social media first. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Please uh, follow us there. Drop us a line if you're so inclined. Um, Suggest a show topic. If we pick that topic and we're in the we're in the market for them, we have Jag Bags t-shirts upstairs. They are fresh. They're ready to go. They're for you. They're just 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 come and get it. Come and get them. <laughs> also, we're available wherever fine podcasts are found. Just type in Jag Bags Podcast. You'll go right to us. Hit that subscribe button. Write us a review. Two episodes a week come right to you of Beeve and Len 
and our hilarious bits and penetrating insights. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, I'm not the one that came out the song Gasms and uh, <laughs> or the app. Sorry, uh, excuse me, the album Gasms. Yeah. Um, anyway, on that note, we want to say thanks for listening. <laughs> and when you're ready, Orgasms. Put a little chag bags in your ear. <laughs> <laughs>